Friday Rush, let's do it! Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson, I'm at my favorite Friday spot, Westwood Park Golf Course right here in Norman, here until 6 p.m. Come out and join me. Hang out in the grill. Uh, they got great burgers here. They got great drinks here. And, of course, you can hit the driving range or the course as well. But uh, Travis Davidson joins me, and I feel like Travis Davidson might be the first sports radio host ever to um, successfully marriage both fishing and doing a sports radio show in the same location. Have you been out on the lake fishing today? Is, is that what I've been seeing? Yeah, well, you know, uh, our friends here at uh, Flamingo Fish and Marine, uh, they've got a big tournament. Obviously, if you've been listening to the station uh, um, for a while, you know they've got their sand bass extravaganza coming up here on Sunday. And we figured, uh, why not get some of these offensive linemen out here for a uh, NIL deal? Uh, and they uh, they had the boys out fishing today. So they had uh, uh, Andrew Rame, Kyle Engerbright, um, and then they had both the Jakes, so Jake Taylor, uh, and Jacob Sexton. So we had these boys out uh, out fishing on bass boats, uh, and, man, it was a lot of fun. So, yep, now we've retreated back uh, to um, Flamingo Fish and Marine, the home base, and uh, the boys are having some burgers behind me and uh, hanging out. Yeah, so we married the two. We somehow got offensive <laughs> linemen, fish, and sports radio all together. Wow. That's that's quite a day, man. Who, uh, which O lineman caught the most fish today? My guess would be Jacob Sexton. Sexton, uh, they, I think they got a couple catfish and a soft shell turtle, uh, believe it or not. Um, um, but you know, Jake Taylor, surprisingly, the Vegas boy had never been fishing before, uh, being out there in the desert. And you know he was wow. a, he was a bit apprehensive at first, um, but once I, once he caught that first one, man, it was uh, it was on like Donkey Kong. I think he ended up with six or seven, something like that. Never been fishing before. Surely he got razzed for that, right? I could see a yeah. guy like Sexton razzing him that he's never been fishing once. He 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 was getting razzed a little bit, but uh, you know it's. It, it talking season was over once everybody got in the boats and uh you know it it it, it, it was time to play the game and uh, he came to play there's no doubt about it yeah that's that's cool man that's I, I i like nil opportunities like that that's a lot of fun glad uh all of those guys had a good time they're having a good time up there and uh, pretty cool that you're up there too all right 405-651-3439 you know how we always do it on the rush and on the friday rush we like to involve the text line so Get your thoughts in, get your questions in, hang out with us for the next few hours. We're going to be talking exclusively OU and college football and some recruiting like we always do because the big story right now, Travis Davidson, is that five-star quarterback USC commit Malachi Nelson is taking that A&M visit. Parker and I just talked about it for an hour, but is this a leverage move by Malachi Nelson or do you think a decommit from USC could be imminent from the number one rated pl uh, player in uh, USC's 23 class. Well, uh, like anything in, with any story, I guess it's all about who you ask. Uh, you, you ask, uh, you know, USC fans whenever you can find them. There's only like four of them. So you ask, uh, you ask one of them and they say, oh, it's just they've got, you know, his friend is going, you know, Zach Branch, he's just going to eat some food. You know, it's a free vacation. All these visits are free vacations. Um, because I know that if I'm from California, uh, the, the vacation spot that I want to see is College Station. Ooh, ah. Right. But, uh, 
But, yeah, so here's the thing. If if he flips to A&M, the two things are, are true. We can continue razzing A&M about NIL money because that's the only way they're getting him to flip. <clears throat> I mean, he Lincoln Riley, Malachi has been his man for years now. And for him to move away from his home and go to College Station to join the Aggies would be There'd be no other explanation, and you can't you can't say Jimbo's you know pitch about being the first ever to win a t- you know whatever. There, there's no pitch that could pull him outside of, of NIL. So um, yeah, and then man, if Lincoln loses, that would mean because Zach Zach Branch has been rumored to be going there for a while. If he if Malachi goes, that means Zach has already gone too, or at least they go together. That would mean they lose their yeah. top two, and I haven't got the class calculator out just yet, but. If they lose their top two recruits, two of the top two recruits in the country, it's not just that you know they've got they've got a couple of decently ranked guys that are they're heading up their class. It is extremely top heavy. You take away those two, their class average, their ranking, their recruit average ranking, just goes through the floor. Um, and I don't know how they come back from it because at that point you're reaching out to other quarterbacks, and you, I mean who else could they reach out to at this point? All the guys kind of have their, you know are spoken for um so he's got to try and flip somebody else and if if i'm a quarterback if i'm a five-star quarterback and i see malachi nelson who is from the area who's been lincoln's guy if that guy flips there's no way i'm taking a look at usc i'm thinking man and malachi must have known something and i'm not i'm not touching that with a 10-foot pole so this could be catastrophic for usc yeah this is not a this is not a situation where Brock Vandegrift decommitted and he was still able, he had enough time to go get Caleb Williams. That's not the same timeline here. He's not going to be able to do that. Like you said, I I looked back last hour, and I think the highest-ranked quarterback that is still uncommitted is like the number 17 overall quarterback in this class, and he's a heavy Ohio State lean out of Memphis. So there's not there's really not a contingency plan, not anything close to Malachi Nelson right now if he decommits and – if Malachi Nelson decommits, Zach Branch decommits, that's your one and two in this class, well, it just starts there potentially. Like, where does it stop after that? Does Makai Lemon, four-star athlete, their third-best recruit, does he commit after that? I definitely think Los that's a Alamito's possibility. Los teammate, Makai Lemon. I mean, that's yeah. his teammate, too. Yeah. There's no yeah. way if those two leave yeah. that Makai Lemon is sticking. And you asked the question of where would USC drop. Well, someone texted us last hour and says – if USC lost Nelson, Branch, and Lemon, they'd be currently ranked as the number 43 overall class. That's where they'd be. And, the, and those are the top three. Mm. Those are the top three in their class, obviously. Tacky Curtis, uh, who Brian Odom just signed or just got uh, the commitment of um, out of Louisiana. That was a big get for them. A lot of people saw Ohio State as the leader in that. Um, the, he would become now the highest rated recruit in their class at number 92 nationally. And then it jumps all the way down to 189th nationally. I mean, that's uh, that would be pretty brutal. Couldn't happen to a nicer guy, I suppose. But um, yeah, that's it's it's certainly serious enough because Malachi again, he has been locked in. He has been in lockstep with Lincoln. I think when Lincoln left Oklahoma, nobody thought, well, Malachi is going to stick around because he loves the university. Now. We knew that wasn't the case. We knew Relique Brown was out of here. We knew Makai Lemon and all those guys. We knew they were gone. I totally get it. But 
man, if if Malachi, even him taking this visit, what does that say? I mean, he has to know that this is going to cause all kinds of speculation. And as far as I know, right. I mean, I haven't, like I said, I've been I've been trolling for Bass all day, not trolling for for uh, for Malachi Nelson tweets, but. I haven't seen anything from him that says, everybody relax, anything like that. Like, you'd think this is national news in the recruiting. This is massive news. We're talking about it in Norman, and it doesn't. It has nothing to do with OU, and we let our show off with it. So I can't imagine what USC and A&M people are saying. So it is very interesting. I appreciate you, Malachi, for taking this visit so we could uh, we, we could at least think yeah. about it. Yeah, um, and this is all before – Lincoln Riley's even coached a game at USC, right? And if you listen to all the national perception, it's, well, USC's close to being, there's that word again, close, that he likes to use, but they're close to being back to being nationally relevant. I'm sure the talk on the West Coast is how USC's really going to push for a Pac-12 title as soon as this year. You get it. We all know what the narrative has been around USC. He hadn't even coached the game yet. And his five-star quarterback's taking a visit elsewhere? And even if, Travis, even if Malachi Nelson doesn't have the slightest inkling of really decommitting from USC, and this is all a leverage move, that tells me all I need to know. Granted, I'm not learning anything new about the way that that program is being run out there, but just that, even if he doesn't commit and really doesn't seriously flirt with A&M or anywhere else, the fact that your number one player would go take a visit elsewhere to try to negotiate a better NIL deal tells me everything about that program that I need to know. Everything about that program that I need to know. Could you imagine? I just I just want you to, you know, use your imagination on this one. Could you imagine if Arch was visiting College Station this weekend? <laughs> I mean, could, yeah. <laughs> could, could you imagine what Twitter would be like? Because that's what we're looking at right here. Malachi's been at the hip of Lincoln Riley for way longer than Arch has been at the hip of Sark. And Malachi, I think he's a much better quarterback. ESPN has Malachi ranked above Arch. I mean, that's what this is. I mean, it's 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 amazing to me. And when when you look at um, when you look at the quarterbacks, I guess the the uh, the top one that's not committed is Brock Glenn, but he's 92% crystal balls to Ohio State. A lot of people think that they're getting that commitment. Yep. You, you you go all the way down to the 19th-ranked quarterback, Chris Parsons. I mean, there's nobody. I mean, everybody's everybody's spoken for. They already got a date. They already got a date to the dance. That's yeah, crazy. And, I mean, and they're going to need a program changer. Yeah, they're not going to have a Lido line or D-line play there anytime soon. USC is going to have to be a football team that operates off of elite QB play. And like you're saying, there's just not that guy that's out there in the class right now, seemingly. Yeah. Um, I do love that the Air Comfort Solutions text line has been keeping receipts and is starting to show those receipts on the show today. Uh, this text says, if Malachi decommits – I'm gonna need of I'm gonna need all of y'all's help blowing up Cowherd's mentions, and they send us a uh, receipt of the tweet from Cowherd from April 19th that says, "Feel bad for at OU football. USC gonna need about 18 months, and they'll be flying past them, around them, over them. This recruiting class will be otherworldly. Best offensive head coach in college with these weapons can't quit smiling." 
Good well, lord. Ain't smiling at uh, the USC offices today, coward. Sorry, bro. Good lord. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's a that's quite quite the tweet. That's quite the tweet. Otherworldly. Best offensive head coach. Like, good lord. He had to have been a couple scotches deep whenever he whenever he uh, penned that one. But yeah, it's it's interesting because Malachi Nelson actually had an article or there was an article that ESPN put out. He did an interview with him where he talked about seeing quarterbacks in the past have their image damaged because of NIL deal announcements. <clears throat> uh, for those of you that know what audience rent does, you know why I, I like to hear that. But um, So that's what's interesting to me because he's the first recruit, high-level recruit, that I've heard talk about NIL being potentially damage, damaging to an image. So that means he's ultra aware of how public decisions can affect your image. And he still chose to go visit A&M. That's, this isn't just some dope that, you know, is completely clueless going to A&M and going, whoa, whoa man, I never even thought that I mean, people would even say anything about that. That's not who Malachi Nelson is. So this this was not done lightly, uh, based on his other words and his other actions. Yeah. Hey, look, um, I've always thought that even when Lincoln took the job at USC, that it was going to be pretty short lived. I, I did not initially think that he was going to be out there for fifteen years as the head coach of uh, the USC football team. I thought, you know, he'll he'll be two three years there, and he's off to the NFL. That timeline for me got moved up after the USC to the Big Ten move was announced. Reportedly, Lincoln didn't know about that. I don't think that he loves that from a competitive standpoint. That moved up the timeline for me. And now if Malachi Nelson were to decommit and this 2023 class basically goes in the garbage, I don't think Lincoln's going to stay around there and try to rebuild this program for the long term. I think if there's early signs that, you know, this isn't just going to go as awesome as Colin Cowherd and everyone else nationally thinks it's going to go, I think that he rolls out of SC pretty quickly and ends up with an NFL job. Now, you might say, well, how's he going to get an NFL job if he doesn't have immediate success with the USC football team? Well, we've seen it before, right? Whether it's Cliff Kingsbury, who totally failed at Texas Tech, he failed his way up. Offensive guys get a second chance. If you're labeled as a boy wonder, genius, whatever, guys get chances when they're viewed as these offensive masterminds. Lincoln Riley will get his chance in the NFL, I think, regardless of what happens in the first year or two at USC. So my timeline's moved up even more, Travis. I, um, I don't even necessarily think he's at USC for three years. I think he moves as the head coach to, I don't know, the L.A. Chargers, the Dallas Cowboys before that happens. Yeah, uh, my man Todd Morrison uh, uh, was getting on to me. He texted me and told me to stop putting Lincoln uh, on his Cowboys <laughs> uh, on our radio show. So I'll say that he's going to go Cowboys with the Chargers. My Cowboys too, man. I, I, don't, I don't want it to happen, but I hope it's I'm the not, Chargers. I, I'm not a Cowboys guy, so I, I, you know, it's, it's a seamless move for me to move him over there. But uh, um, I'll tell you what, uh, you bring up a great point as far as the rebuild goes. I mean, Lincoln Riley, you know, took on a rebuilding project, but he thought he had 
a truck full of lumber and a caravan full of contractors behind him that this rebuild was he was well suited for it he's already ready all he's got to do is is put it all together well if he looks behind him and all those contractors have driven off to other jobs it's uh he's got a he's he's got some work to do and i think he he knows that so um yeah i I think the move with the nfl keep in mind who who makes nfl decisions billionaire owners right billionaire owners often think that hey you know what i can make it work they'll buy a company say man they just had some idiots running this or something like this i can make this work so they'll nfl owners will find a way to say oh man that usc job nah that place is a mess Lincoln Riley needs to come and work for me. I'll set him up for success like USC couldn't do. We're more of like an Oklahoma-type NFL team, right? Like, they're, they're more of an NFL program, and look how good he was there. This is clearly USC's fault and not Lincoln Riley's, and then they will write him a big old check and contract. So, yeah, I don't think, I don't yeah. think if he fa- falls on his face at USC that it hurts his NFL chances at all. Uh, a couple texts before we hit a break here. Surely no one could decommit from the mecca of college football. Oh, but right. it, might. it might happen. Right. It might happen. Um, one more recruiting question. What are your thoughts on Hicks and Johnson committing? Mentioning DJ Hicks, five-star defensive lineman, and Jacoby Johnson, four-star athlete out of Mustang. I think Jacoby Johnson probably commits to OU before the season starts. DJ Hicks, that's going to be a long process. That is going to be January at the earliest. Um, I, I think we got a long way to go with that, Travis. I, I feel optimistic for OU's chances, but I think things have a chance to significantly change. And I mean for the better on this, but I think things stand a chance to significantly change in OU's favor if they really show out and play really good defense to start the year, or really, you know, just the entire season in general. Yeah, I think uh, I, I, I share your thoughts. Uh, I think Jacoby Johnson is, um, you know, there are a lot of crystal balls in his favor, and I am in agreement uh, with those crystal balls. Uh, I think he's helping his brother out with some uh, some recruiting things. His brother's a couple years behind him, a few years behind him, I should say, um, and kind of working through that kind of, recruiting process with him Uh, but i think he is a sooner in the next few weeks you know and with with david hicks with dj hicks he keeps coming back to ou he likes it there he's got a really great relationship with todd bates a lot of people say that it's his best relationship with a coach um you know it'll be interesting to watch because obviously oregon kind of threw their hat in the ring and then the troubles at A&M that were rumored to be with, with their NIL payouts, you know, kind of I think that's part of the reason we're seeing some people drop back uh, from that class. But I'll tell you what, if they get Malachi Nelson and they get Zach Branch and they get Anthony Hill, and I mean, I, I think I think it would be one of those where, okay, we can kind of see the momentum catching back up. I don't think a and is going to finish with the 60th-ranked class at this point. But what's interesting is – I mean, we talked about this the other day. It's if if Todd Bates has a defensive line that's just dominant out there throughout, you know, the first part of the season, then absolutely you look at that and say, "Yeah, I want to be in this I want to be in this guy's first class because they're doing something special at Oklahoma." Yeah. Uh, by the way, ESPN ranked the 50 best defenses in college football history today. 
and OU got disrespected on this list. Go figure. We'll tell you about it coming up next. Keep it locked on the ref for the homeless Sooner fans. Friday Rush, Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson, live on the ref for the homeless Sooner fans. Air Coverage Solutions text line 405-651-3439. I'm at live at Westwood Park Golf Course today in Norman. We got some people hanging out in the grill. We got some people out in the driving range. And uh, playing 18 holes as well on a Friday afternoon. So uh, always love being out here on Fridays, Westwood Park Golf Course. I guess we got a special guest because Travis is fishing and doing a radio show today. Freshman offensive lineman Jake Taylor from Vegas, Bishop Gorman High School, is going to join us this segment. Jake, uh, welcome to the show, man. Uh, How was your first ever fishing trip earlier this afternoon? Man, I'm not going to brag. I did catch eight of them. (laughs) Yeah, no, I just uh, would like to say a huge thank you to this place. I mean, it's it's my first ever uh, first ever fish. So, yeah, huge thank you to Flamingo uh, Fish and Marine. Um, yeah, it's crazy. I, in the desert, you don't see too many lakes. You just see pools. So I'm not trying to venture off in that lake in Vegas. But, yeah, I'm not going to brag. They catch eight. Had a huge huge uh fish not gonna lie it's about five inches <laughs> uh but yeah had a great time yeah you don't want to be fi- you don't want to be fishing in uh those vegas pools oh. I've, I've seen the studies that they've done on those uh on, on what's floating in those you don't you don't <laughs> want to do any fishing in the vegas pools um but yeah the uh it, it's kind of cool you know you see all these uh you know nil deals going to wide receivers and quarterbacks not that that not that they uh, are not deserving by any means but it was cool to get the big boys out on the boats i definitely noticed um you know we had we had a couple other people uh, out here and i i noticed the boat was riding a little bit lower <laughs> with uh, with y'all in it um so um let me ask you about summer um so obviously um coming in schmitty you know, we've heard the messing with Schmitty in the summertime. We've oh, seen yeah. the tweets, everything like that. Uh, first, did you ever miss any workouts, or were you late to any? I was at least 30 minutes early to every uh, practice. So nice. I'm, I'm not going to fall uh, victim to that waking up late. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And uh, uh, talk to me a little bit about the results uh, that you saw. Was that? Yeah. I mean, you're obviously a big guy um, that you know came up. Bishop Gorman is a national. Uh, power when it comes to high school football i'm sure their strength and conditioning program is great uh, but talk to me a little bit about you know physical changes that you saw um and did you do you want to out anybody uh anybody else that might have uh been late or anything like that what you got well all i'm gonna say on the late stuff is uh every every workout you see if you see someone on that stairmasters you know uh someone's alarm didn't wake wake them up so just pray for them because they got to come back at uh, three o'clock with with Schmitty, but yeah, for myself, like I said, thirty minutes early because I do not want to be victim to to that punishment. But the transformation I've seen it's it's unbelievable. I I walked in at two eighty eight uh two hundred eighty eight pounds and then twenty five percent body fat. I'm two ninety five and body fat didn't change. So Jeez. I added seven pounds of pure muscle. So this place. Schmitty absolutely knows what he's doing. I mean, if when you see him bust out that uh, little clock, handheld clock, you know it's uh, time to run. So you have to get your mind right, and uh, that's what we're about to do for that fall camp too. Yeah. Jake Taylor, uh, freshman offensive lineman out of Vegas, is our guest. And I'm curious about that, Jake, because I'm, I'm going to guess, man, that you just went through the toughest offseason season 
that you've ever been through in your entire playing career. So with that, when you get on the other side of that, when you see the results of your own body, like what kind of mental confidence does that give you for a guy that's going into his true freshman year into a fall camp trying to battle and, you know, win a spot here? Like what, what, what mental type of confidence does getting through a summer like that give you going up here starting next week? Yeah, it means the world to me because, like, you're you walk in thinking, all right, so there, there's some of these guys that are going to be stronger than you, and the only way to get past that is become the stronger guy. So uh, Schmitty got us competing. Everyone, you don't see any uh, weak links in the weight room. I mean, as the saying goes, you're only as strong as your weakest guy. So you, you can't really find that if you walk into the weight room, even freshmen on any position you won't really find them their strength really lacking compared to everyone else because they're holding us to such a high standard that even if you can't hit that weight you're going to hit that weight <laughs> no matter what but uh yeah you know walking past the mirror you get the little little flex for the coach <laughs> and stuff like that so that seeing the your body changing due to i've only been here for two months but two months changing my body that much it's it's surprising and it's just crazy to me yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm sure, Tyler. I don't know the last time you did your uh, BMI, but you're about 295 at about 20, 20 something percent body fat too, right? <laughs> That's all muscle for you, right, Tyler? Yeah, there's a 20%, man. We're going to go a little bit lower than that. We're in about the 15% range, nice. okay? But it's, still 295 uh, but, but is great football, muscle, right? Yeah, football season, it's going to be about uh, you know 50% body fat most likely, though. Get ready for oh, yeah. that. <laughs> Got you. Well, it's funny because I will uh, – uh, one of the other uh, linemen uh, that we've got here with us is Kyle Ergenbright. And actually at breakfast he was telling us that he was uh, late one time. Uh, he overslept and uh, had to do about an hour and 45 minutes on the Stairmaster. Um, so he bought one of the <laughs> alarm clocks where it, it's a plate under your bed. And it shakes your bed. He said he got it on Amazon. It arrived next wow. day. He paid the extra shipping, everything like that, so he would never miss another workout. So uh, he is married, and his wife does not apparently uh, approve of that <laughs> purchase. But he, but he said, "Look, I'm not, I'm not going to be late for another Schmitty workout." So uh, I've, uh, I, I, I like that a lot. That's commitment right there. Oh yeah, uh, you do not want to hear "See me at three, big man" <laughs> or "Big dog." You do not want to hear that. That's brutal. That's brutal. But yeah. Hey, I yeah, got one more for Jake. I, I got one yeah, more yeah, for yeah. Jake, real quick. Yes, um, I, I'm curious because, Jake, you said you've been on campus for just a, a, a couple of months now. Now, yeah. obviously, you were committed to OU during the entire coaching transition, and mm -hmm. it didn't really seem like your commitment ever wavered throughout that entire process. Why is that? Why, even through a very short period of uncertainty, you, you kind of seem like you were OU all the way, even during that time? Yeah, and you're absolutely right. I didn't waver or had any hesitation on that choice at all because every all my life it's you aren't going to choose a college because of coaching staff because th when you get to this level it's a business decision. It's not a you aren't going to go somewhere solely off relationships, which it, it was a big factor in that decision, but I did not commit uh, to Oklahoma be solely because of that. I committed here due to the fans, the, the fan base that has my back, the – even down to the nicest person who I asked uh, help for a, in the store, like, hey, where can uh, you get some magnets for, like, a backboard for, like, my basketball hoop? And they're like, oh, well, you go down that row. It's some random person, but just the, the kindness of everyone's hearts here. And it's – that's just 
a factor. Like that's just a fraction of why I committed here. That that doesn't include the the champion, the winning champions back to back to back on every every sport, and just every single thing that you look for in a college, it's easily found here. I before uh, making my decision, I had a pros and con list, and the only con uh, when I was making my decision, well, actually I checked that. The only con I had here, um, I don't remember, but the it wasn't even close to the other two schools I had in the top three. Probably that they fish too much. Yeah. But now that's a pro, so we've, <laughs> wiped, a pro. we've wiped that one off the board. Yeah, we're back in the fishing market now. <laughs> but, yeah, it's it really – my decision really didn't waver even with that adversity. Granted, it, it sucked. I'm not going to say I'm a fan of that change when that happened but knowing that uh my coach stayed made me feel so much better and learning what this new squad is doing it's i'm 10 times more confident in what this team could do versus what it was just last year so i'm actually very happy with the change and i wouldn't want it any other way now i'm gonna i'm gonna put you on the spot um you were telling me earlier um, you got you got a phone call, and the reason we're bringing this up because the text line we've all been talking about, obviously Malachi Nelson and, and Zach Branch, who was at Bishop Gorman with you, um, talking about how they're visiting A and M and how Lincoln Riley's class might be decimated before it even you know leaves the dock, if you will. Uh, fishing references here today, uh, brought to you by uh, Flamingo Fish and Marine. But uh, Lincoln Riley gave you a call, didn't he, uh, whenever he made that decision? What was that call like, if you don't mind? Yeah, so uh, that phone call, it was on my birthday. One of the <laughs> – it really made me question everything when uh, it was my birthday and I had every call hit me at the same second. I was like, oh, boy, what what just happened? And I read into it, saw the coaching change and stuff like that, and uh, everyone's saying it's all right. You, you know what to do in your heart, and I, I already knew, and then – Later that night, I got a call from Lincoln Riley himself saying, hey, Jake, I'm sorry for what I did. I mean, it's just business, which is understandable. And then he called me, or in the same call, he was like, well, uh, when do you want me to visit your house? This is when all the in-home visits were, uh, like, happening. And then uh, he was like, when do you want to come out to our campus because it's close to you? I was like, well, Coach, I I uh, committed <laughs> to play with you, or for you at uh, – Oklahoma. I did not commit to you for any other school. So when this uh, whole thing happened, I, I'm not going to change. And the, <laughs> there's a reason why USC was not in my top three. And a coach switching over there is not going to change that at all. So it's I'm going to be sticking to Oklahoma. It doesn't matter which coach gets put in there. It's I already found my college. Nice. We love it. We love it. So appreciate you coming on with us, man. Uh, that's uh, Jake Taylor, uh, freshman offensive lineman and uh, budding professional angler. So oh, yeah. we will see. So appreciate <laughs> you coming on, man. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Jake. There you go. Jake Taylor, freshman offensive lineman out of Vegas. 405-651-3439. More of your text on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Keep it locked on the ref. We're the homeless Sooner fans. Friday Rush, live on the ref. We're the Homeless Sooner fans, Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson. Cavens Construction is bringing you this hour of the Friday Rush. Go check out everything they have to offer at CavensConstruction.com. I say everything that they have to offer because literally they do everything, whether it's commercially, whether it's your home. Uh, if you need something done, if you need help, 24-7 emergency repairs, like literally whatever, 
Go check out CavensConstruction.com. And if you need an endorsement, well, just kind of go around and look at the Norman community because seemingly Cavens is everywhere. The entire town of Norman, that entire city of Norman, I should say, endorses Cavens Construction, and uh, I do as well because they do very, very fantastic work. Tech li- text line loves them for some um, some Jake Taylor. What a well-spoken young man. Great interview. I love Jake Taylor. Uh, kindness, it's Oklahoma baby on that one. Tell them as a Sooner fan, we're all proud of them. Yeah, a lot of people came away saying, huh, I didn't know a lot of, know a lot about him, but I like that Jake Taylor guy. Yeah, and, and really I've, I've been lucky enough to spend a day with him uh, out here, um, kind of help you know, broker the deal a bit, you know, with with uh, old Toby Baldwin, the director of NIL, um, and the guys out here at, at Flamingo Fish and Marine. They're hooking these guys up with rods and reels and shirts, all, all kind. I mean, they've got the whole kit and caboodle, if you will. Uh, I did uh, I did shoot a text to old Coach uh, Beanbow, tell him that they're going to come up to his spot on Grand and, and uh, cast their lines a little bit with their newfound love of fishing. But, yeah, all these guys, man, they're great. I was talking with uh, Andrew Rame earlier, and he he just you know he's the the elder statesman here in the bunch now, uh, one of the leaders on that offensive line, and he said, man, it is night and day difference between last year and this year, all good, uh, all as positive changes. So, um, real really excited stuff. He was talking about specifically the strength, uh, which was interesting to me. Um, he was saying that uh, you know maybe we only had a couple offensive linemen, uh, you know that we're really getting up, you know, 315, 320 uh, on the bench press whenever Smitty got here. But now all of the offensive line are benching at least 330. Um, so just little stuff like that. I mean, Bill Biedenboe's definitely got him a, a, a pack of uh, a pack of animals to release uh, come, come football yeah. season. I'm really excited about that. With uh, what camp starting next week, you've got the uh, media day with OU on Tuesday. Is that the most – intriguing position battle that we have on the o-line or are you looking at somewhere else throughout fall camp that you're going to be watching a little bit closer yeah it's it's intriguing i've, I've spoke a, a little bit with them about that obviously tyler guyton has had a fantastic summer um and a lot of people were saying oh look for him maybe to uh jump into that uh, rotation but um being behind anton is uh is a tough ask. Uh, Anton probably actually is the most solidified uh, in that lineup. So, but depth is always great. Uh, I'm really excited, uh, honestly, to see the running back room. Uh, the secondary's got a lot of new faces, a lot of new names, but I think that running back room has had so many additions that maybe we don't know that much about. And I think that's what I'm most excited to see shake out. Do we do we finally get? Uh, you know, do we finally get the ball to Eric Gray in space in the passing game and use him as the all-purpose back that he was recruited as and as he excelled in high school? Um, do we do that? How does freshman phenom Javante Barnes look? We look great in the spring game. We've heard nothing but good things. Uh, is that continue to trend that way? But we've got, you know, we, we've got a lot of bodies in that room, and as we've seen, with Jeff Levy's offense in the past, and I know you can't just kind of copy-paste the stats over and change the old Miss logo to an OU logo, but you can certainly find tendencies from it. Uh, you know, he had four people rush for over 100 carries last year. Obviously, Matt Corral yeah. was one of those, and I don't think Dylan Gabriel is going to run it nearly as much. So those carries are going to go elsewhere. They had the 11th most rushes 
in college football last year. The top three were obviously the service academies. Um, so this guy runs the ball and runs the ball a ton. So I'm really excited about the running back room and seeing how that shakes out. Text line, big, big Jake Taylor fan after that last segment. Kendall says, tell Jake dinner on me after a game. Is that still a violation, by the way? Is Kendall trying yeah, to get OU I, in trouble? Yeah, yeah, settle down there, Kendall. Uh, we, uh, <laughs> uh, you, know what? We, you know what? We will ask Toby Baldwin at, at 430 <laughs> when we uh, have him on. We'll ask if that is a current violation. And uh, so we'll hang on, hang on the line, Kendall. I know you're going to be around, so uh, maybe you'll be able to do that. Uh, the name Jake Taylor just screams football player to me. This one says, uh, are we going to ask any of them what their favorite places to shop is and where they like to get their nails done? That's a shot at Caleb Williams in case uh, not yep. all of you pick yep. up on that one. Direct shot. Direct the shot. Fact they, like, they, they, like shopping at, they like shopping at uh, Flamingo Fish and Marine right now. I can tell you that much. They're walking around the store picking out their, uh, their goodies. 918, the fact that Muleshoe thought he could flip Jake Taylor just because he moved closer to him out to USC and it didn't work made my day. Funny how he thought recruiting at USC would be better than recruiting at OU. Seems like he's having a hard time out recruiting OU so far. Eat your words, Muleshoe. Yeah, um, that, isn't that interesting? Is California has point. always been thought to be, well, USC has one of the best, if not the best, built-in advantages in all of college football. And, and you know what? I mean, there's some truth to it because think about it. You know, Gainesville, Florida, and the Florida Gators are in a great spot in the state of Florida. But you also got Florida State there. You've also got Miami there, too programs that are down but definitely have the capability to recruit at a high level texas is a great spot great spot for ut but obviously a&m is doing some nice things in recruiting right now there's an in-state battle that's going on there not really in the state of california stanford's not getting a whole lot of blue chip players or getting the top players from california seemingly same thing for cal same thing for even ucla so yeah usc should just be able to own the west coast and have top five classes on the reg Lincoln Riley's far away from that, and I don't see any situation where he does get that in this year's class. OU will out-recruit USC in 2023. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, that's obvi- that's obvious at this point uh, that they are going to recruit them this year. And then when you look at the 2024 class and what a guy like uh, Michael Hawkins could bring uh, with him if he does actually uh, end up in Norman like our, our own Parker Thune, uh, imagines he will, but that is a great point uh, brought up by that texter uh, from the 918. You know, us 918 folk, man, we're, we're pretty smart over in here, these parts. So, um, But that's great. It speaks to what he thought he could do based on geography. And if anything, he should learn something from Mr. Jake Taylor and say, hey, Jake, I'm closer to your house now. Don't you want to come over here? And he says, no, there's a reason that USC wasn't in my top three in the first place. I didn't commit just to a coach. I committed to the program, committed to the school, committed to this fan base. I committed to the nice people of Oklahoma. I committed to the person that helped me find the magnets to put my backboard up. That's the thing. That's the thing. Lincoln should have hung up the phone and thought, huh, well, I thought that was going to be a lot easier. And uh, maybe there are some things that matter a bit more than geography. You know, you know where people aren't vacationing to? Tuscaloosa, Alabama. You know where they're not vacationing to? South Bend, Norman, Columbus. You know what all those places have? Full trophy cases. So 
Um, I think uh, it's a great point by that texter. And uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe Lincoln Riley should have learned something from that conversation. It does not look like he did. Yeah, nah, I don't think so either. All right, we'll close up hour number one of the Friday Rush. Coming up next, give me locked on the ref for the homeless Sooner fans. Friday Rush, live on the ref. Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson. Travis is at Flamingo Fish and Marine. I'm at the Westwood Park Golf Course right here in Norman. Come join us on a very fun, and uh, the sun is out on this Friday afternoon in Norman. Okay, how about that? Uh, Air Coverage Solutions text line before we hit the top of the hour. Jake is speaking just like Bob Stoops said. It's about the program and the tradition, and that will never go away from OU. Boomer, let's go. Um, by the way, you were telling me, you know, to everyone that texted in, I love Jake Taylor. That kid's awesome. You showed him those messages, and I guess that got to him a little bit. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, yeah, and and it's it was cool because I actually, you know, we've got our we've got our text line, you know, terminal here, if you will, and I hadn't refreshed mine, and I was like, oh man. This this is this Jake Taylor segment. What's going on? And then I hit refresh, and it was like you know everybody that 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 texted in. I, I definitely appreciate it. Um, I showed him those, and and he was loving it. So uh, you, you definitely uh, cool. you, you spoke you spoke right to him with, without knowing it. So appreciate that, everybody. Yeah, that's really cool. All right, so coming up next segment at the top of the hour, I teased it. A couple segments ago, but we got to Jake Taylor, and I'm glad that we did because it was awesome. But seriously, this time around, ESPN ranked the 50 best defenses in college football history, and OU did not get the recognition that it deserves. Where did they rank? Did they rank? We'll tell you coming up next. Keep it locked on the ref. We're the homeless Suter fans.